This is episode four with me, Jodie Shield, and this week I'm going to be talking about consciousness hacking. I'm going to be talking about coming out of the spiritual closet and being openly spiritual, being in the flow state, and why living your life in the, this place of flow is the key for success. And I'm also going to be sharing three ways to help you tap into your spirituality without the woo, the woo-woo. <laughs> hey guys, I'm a leadership coach, self-improvement author and wellness entrepreneur and this is my podcast series, Be Electric. Each week, I'm bringing you a world expert in human performance or a relatable key message to help you unlock your own potential through various practices, tools and techniques that we discuss so that you can become the best version of yourself. Thanks for listening today. In the episode, I'm gonna be talking about really juicy stuff, such as consciousness hacking. What does it mean and why is everybody doing it from the Silicon Valley CEOs to Navy SEALs to Maverick scientists and everybody in between? I'm gonna be talking about spirituality in your way, so that's no white robes and no hemp clothes. Unless you want to wear them, totally up to you. <laughs> I'm also going to be sharing three ways to tap into your spiritual connection and why doing this is going to improve your entire life. So enjoy the next half an hour or so and then please subscribe and rate and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app and also check out the show notes over on my website jodyshield.co.uk. So come on, let's jump in, let's get inspired and let's be electric. As I record this, I've just landed back in London and I have to admit it is pretty grey, certainly not as vibrant as Cape Town. It's a bit misty and it's cold, it's really cold. I've been walking out without a hat on and my hair is quite thin so my scalp has been freezing. I'm still doing the cold showers though, I'm still doing the cold showers every morning so that is definitely helping with my adjustment for sure. I think that the way that I felt when I was flying home from Cape Town was, am, am I coming back prematurely? Like, am I coming back prematurely? Because, you know, when you have your own business and you can work from anywhere, you can make the decision to be anywhere that inspires you. And I think what I've come to realise is that the most important thing is the quality of the work that you put out into the world. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep the quality of my energy high so that when I'm expressing my teachings and trainings and everything else, the coaching that I offer, I want to make sure that the quality remains super high. And so therefore, where do I go in the world where I feel that way? And Cape Town was certainly one of those places. So naturally you're thinking, well, isn't it a good idea to stay in a place where your vibration and energy is high so that you can maintain the quality of the work? For sure. So anyway, I'm back in London, back in my hometown. And you know, what I've noticed about my transition so far is that I am, adjusting super fast 
And I think one of the tools that helps me do that, and this is one for you guys if you travel a lot, is to get into the place that you're, you've landed in and just start being grateful straight away. Like I'm mean, appreciating the place that you're in appreciating the place you're in, being grateful for the place you're in, and therefore the, the system of the place that you're back into will open up for you mega fast. Whereas what we tend to do is judge the place that we come back to. It's like, oh, London's so grey and it's cloudy and it's misty and it's cold and no one talks to you and everyone looks at their phones all the time and no one wants to interact and it's really everyone's super busy and how am I ever going to flourish in a place like this, blah, blah, blah. And if you keep judging in that way, then of course, what you're going to get is exactly that. No one's going to look up to you. No one's going to want to talk to you. So you have to start to appreciate where you're at, even if, in my case, <laughs> it felt like I was coming back and trying to squeeze into a wetsuit that was cold and wet and about 10 sizes too small for me. That's what it felt like. However, the wetsuit is expanded now. I'm in it. It's all good. <laughs> and I can visit Cape Town whenever I want to because I've been there, I've stayed there for a month and it's really in my vibration now, which is brilliant. If I reflect on how I felt before I left for Cape Town, and I'm inviting you to do the same, think back to how you felt in December. <laughs> wow, it was a really interesting month. I was feeling burned out. I was addressing some really profound childhood trauma in my life that had come up and it was big. It was the biggest childhood trauma that I've experienced and I was reflecting on it. I was facing it and I was feeling very drained and very exhausted because I had to keep being in the energy of transforming the trauma and revisiting it. So it was tiring. I was burned out. I had no fuel left in the tank, you know, that feeling. I know that you know what it feels like as well. And so I think going away to Cape Town was so important. What I realized having come back is that when you're wanting to do deep work on yourself, at some point in that journey, you have to be willing to go out of the current system that you're operating in. So Cape Town was amazing because I could eject myself out of the London life and have space to process and recover in somewhere where there's no history for me. There's no baggage. It was like a new energy and a new vibration. So it was so important that time and Cape Town gave me so many gifts. And as you guys know, I'm now the official ambassador for Cape Town. <laughs> Only joking, but I, I should be. I'm telling everyone to go. Honestly, it's amazing. Pop it on your vision board if you haven't already. So I'm now just drinking my bulletproof coffee, by the way. It's, it, it's the morning where I am and it's misty outside and it looks cold. However, I'm feeling really, really energized recording this. And I'm remembering that we are a vessel. The way that I see it, and I was talking to one of my mentors about this the other day, that we're a vessel we, we move energy through us and that energy that's moving through us, moving through our mind and our hearts and our soul and our physical body creates 
into things that we can interact with and play with and work to work with. So it's like we're creating constantly new opportunities and new people and old people and relationships that exist in our lives currently. We're constantly calling people in and calling experiences in to interact with. And so it's like the quality then of our vessel physically, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, it has to be kept healthy, vibrant and fine-tuned so that we can bring through the highest quality things into the world. Does that make sense? It's like, imagine a water filter. I'm sure you've got a water filter in your house, whether it's made by Brita, whether it's made by some kind of eco brand and it uses rocks or stones. But the point is that the water's being filtrated through a system. And if that system is shoddy, then the quality of the water that you get out is gonna be shoddy. It's not gonna be um, clean and clear and healthy for you to then put inside you. And it's important that water is healthy because it's like 85% of us, isn't it? Don't quote me on that statistic, guys, but it's just popped up. So it's the same. We're a vessel, we need to keep our vessel clean so that we can really manifest the highest quality things in our life. So I'm very aware of my own vessel. And therefore, my mission in life is to keep my mind, my body, my spirit healthy and balanced. Now, I've been a consciousness hacker, a consciousness hacker for the past eight years. You guys know, eight years ago, I went to Peru and I drank ayahuasca, the hallucinogenic plant medicine. Um, and ever since then, I've been on a constant quest to find new things to expand or to help me expand, should I say, to help me grow and to help me shift into new states of consciousness or new states or new levels of presence and awakening. And that, I suppose what that means to me is that I have a very high level of insight and intuition now. I understand myself I understand the world and how it works. I understand how to show up in the world. I understand how to manifest things really fast into my life. I understand how to keep my energy levels high. I understand vibration. And so I'm constantly looking for new ways to up level, to keep my vibration really high and to grow and develop. And what I've realized is that there's a big market for this in the States, in the US. Right now, it's the beginning of 2020. And if you're listening to this far in the future, then I'm hoping that the UK market, the European market and all the other markets in between have really caught up and we have become pioneers in this movement because consciousness hacking is a really important movement. It's so important for us to be more conscious of who we are, the decisions that we make, and be more aware of our external, internal surroundings. Now, consciousness hacking has been going on for years. And I remember six years ago when I was coaching Nike and their leadership team, they were talking to me about a book that had been released by Google called Search Inside Yourself. And it was all about mindfulness, meditation, consciousness hacking, spirituality. And, you know, it was super forward thinking back then. I think it was about in about 2012, let's say, or 2013. It was really forward thinking back then. Um, but 
Consciousness hacking has been a buzzword in Silicon Valley amongst the CEOs there, amongst the tech founders and entrepreneurs, and even amongst Navy SEALs and high-performing humans. And anyone in those industries, anyone that's on a quest to hack into our subconscious and unconscious minds and shift our thinking and expand our self-belief and our ability to create more incredible things in our lives. And I guess it makes sense why that segment of the population, like the Silicon Valley CEOs, the forward thinkers, the pioneers, the tech problem solvers, why they would be interested in consciousness hacking, because they're interested in anything that helps enhance their performance in their business, in their careers, and helps them enhance innovation, because they're all about innovation. And so consciousness hacking enables you to tap into your own original thinking, divergent thinking, and your own intuition. And that helps you create original ideas. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but I heard Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic talk about the fact that there are no original ideas. There are simply ideas rehashed over and over again, but channeled through different people. So they have different lenses on them which is true to a certain extent. However, I think it's about the solving of the problem, isn't it? And how we can apply our original thinking to that. Like for example, I have launched programs into the world without looking at what everyone else is doing. I've just done it in a very original way and I've had amazing results. I remember the first iteration of my business program And I didn't even launch it. I didn't even run a Facebook ad campaign. I didn't even do a promotional campaign or a challenge or anything like that. Actually, I meditated for half an hour and I had a list of 1,500 people who had entered a competition to win a life coaching program with me. And I basically sent all those people an email and I got on calls with 50 people. I converted a a percentage of that and I made 40 grand in three days, four days, five days. And that was the first ever launch I did of an online program. It's pretty good. (laughs) Obviously, now I do bigger launches with um, big um, marketing campaigns and all of that. And the results are obviously much higher. But for the first time I did it, that is a pretty good result. So that was all through original thinking and not looking at what anyone else was doing. Now, obviously, I do look at what other people are doing because I need the inspiration. But yeah, that's my point, is how can we uh, find ways to promote or tap into our original thought? So yeah, I think if I think about consciousness hacking for a minute, I've also got to mention two words, flow state. So flow state is the state of being or state of mind that you're operating in when you are gliding from task to task, project to project, and it's easy. It's easy. And like things are manifesting in front of your eyes really, really fast. To me, being in a flow state, it feels effortless. Things happen organically. Like you'll think about this person that you really want to meet. Maybe it's someone famous. Maybe it's someone that can give you 
access to a, a whole new segment of people. I don't know. And then literally three or four days later, you'll walk into a room or maybe the next day, you'll walk into a room and that person's standing there. And you're like, I manifested this. This is so interesting. Now, that happens to me all the time because I am tuned in to my flow state. I'm in my flow state. I would say 80% of the time now, 85% of the time. And so life is easy. It's like I'm skipping from thing to thing. Now, listen, (laughs) it's not always like that. You know, some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed this morning. And it takes an extra bit of energy to push myself into that cold shower (laughs) because I can't be bothered to do it. Of course, I'm human. You guys are human too. And that's what happens. But yeah, it takes a bit of effort sometimes to to go into the flow state. But when you're in it, it's really powerful. Because we're not pushing against life. We're allowing it to flow through us. That's the main thing. Now, I get a lot of my inspiration about flow state and consciousness hacking and everything in between from the book, Stealing Fire. You may have heard me mention this already. The authors of Stealing Fire are two guys called Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler. And it's a really, really great book. And it aims to deconstruct the mystical flow state. So they describe it as the state of consciousness when you feel and perform at your best. And when selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness and information richness comes together. So you're in a present moment, you're operating from the present moment. And it's like high definition reality in slow motion. That's what they describe it as. And I totally relate to that. That's what it feels like. And one of the fastest ways to get into the flow state is to ask yourself, what makes me come alive? What makes you come alive? And it's funny when I've explored this in the past with my clients, Very often they are so disconnected from their joy and from what makes them come alive because, you know, say for example, we go through something in our childhood that's quite traumatic. We disconnect then from our inner child because we don't know how to process the trauma at the time. And it could be a small trauma like being left at school and being forgotten to be picked up, which is what's happened to me and probably so many of you listening. Or it can be something bigger, like you're in a car accident when you're small. So we're very good at disconnecting ourselves from our inner children at some point in childhood. And that also means that we disconnect ourselves from our joy state. So then when you're asking yourself, what makes me come alive? You've you've forgotten that you don't know because you can't remember what it was like to feel joy. So you've got to do a bit of digging (laughs) to figure that out. Now, what is in the way? What's in the way of... I'm just having a nice big stretch. What's in the way of you being in the flow state, being in your joy state? Now, we just talked about that. It's, It's trauma, but it can also be summarized as... Let's say the shit that's going on in your head and heart. And there's a great quote that sums this up and I just want to share it with you. You can go to the gym, drink your water and take your vitamins. But if you don't deal with the shit that's going on in your head and heart, you're still going to be unhealthy. 
So that is what's in the way of you being in your flow state, is the shit that's in your head and heart. So you can drink all the green juices, you can eat the greens, you can down your ginger shot, you can do yoga and meditation, but you have to be willing to face your stuff at some stage, your emotional baggage from the past, let's call it. Um, I've seen so many people in the well-being space who think it's enough to just meditate and do yoga, and it isn't. <laughs> you have to be willing to face the stuff. And I know that, my gosh, facing your stuff is so much more accessible to you than it was when I started this business six and a half years ago when no one even knew what meditation was. Now everybody's doing it, which is amazing, but we have to be willing to go that little bit deeper because right now you're creating your life from the thoughts that you're thinking, from the feelings that you're feeling and your general state of being. So think about it for a minute. What thoughts are you having on a regular basis? Are they, oh wow, this is amazing, my life's amazing, I feel so positive, yeah la la la, wow, I can't wait to get out in the world, I'm so excited. Or is it, I haven't done that thing I was meant to do yesterday, oh my god, I've got to get up and post at 7am this morning, I don't know what I'm going to say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I feel sick, I feel nervous, I feel anxious. Probably the latter, if we're being honest. So right now you're creating from those thoughts. And what that means is that you're not creating from flow. So I'm guessing you want to create your life from a new place, right? You want to create your life and brilliant things from your flow state. So therefore we need to have a good look at what's going on in the head and the heart. So take a nice deep breath in with me now. Woo! I am on a flow, on a roll, in flow. So how can you begin to face your stuff? Well, you can have some coaching. You can have some healing. You can do some deep meditation. You can use some of the tools and techniques that I'm gonna be exploring with my powerful guests in future episodes. When we look at plant medicine, biohacking, we look at neurofeedback, we look at CBD and many other things that are coming up. But you know, having an intention that I'm ready to face my stuff, that's enough. You'll start attracting in experiences that help you do that. So trust the process, trust the process. So let's talk about spirituality for a minute because it's part and parcel of the conversation around consciousness hacking and flow state. You know, here's the thing, eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now, when I first had my in inverted commas awakening, it was very much a spiritual awakening. When I worked with ayahuasca, the plant medicine, I opened up hugely. I was prized open and what I most connected with on that experience was my spiritual self, my being, my soul, my spirit and it felt amazing that is for me what it's like to feel in the flow state it's so powerful your energy is really high and very often the way that you see me showing up maybe not this morning um, in my dressing gown but very often the way that you see me show up is very high energy very high vibration because I am connected to my spiritual self and here's the thing we can't deny that we're spiritual beings We've got a spirit, a life force, a connection to a bigger source than us. 
And this source inspires us, feeds us, you know, gives us energy, gives us inspiration, helps us heal. And I talked about this in my TEDx talk recently. There's more to us than this 3D form that we all see. But because it's only the 3D form that we can see, we get a bit confused about the ethereal nature of who we are on an intangible level. Um, except, here's the thing, when you are tapped into your spirit or your spiritual nature, what I've come to realize is that I have much more power. I've got this sense of limitlessness, let's call it, like this sense of pure expansion. I've got so much energy and so much more strength to move through my life. And when I came back from the jungle eight and a half years ago into my life in London, nobody was talking about spirituality. And I'm from a group of friends who are pioneers. You know, a lot of my friends are pioneers. You know, a lot of them are really high profile people, are super successful DJs, are talented music artists and producers and amazing creative people. And you know, they're always the first to explore a lot of this stuff. But even back then, not, no one was talking about ayahuasca at all. So I was like, I mean, how am I going to show up in my new life and talk about energy healing and spirituality without being laughed at? Because in my head, I was thinking all my mates are like super cool and spirituality is not cool whatsoever. Spirituality is really not cool. If I, if I, back then, if I thought about the kind of people that were spiritual, you know, my projections were telling me that it was like people in white robes and people in ashrams and like, I mean, I wasn't one of those people. So how was I going to start being spiritual when I wasn't one of those people? <laughs> and I'm very aware that they were, these were lots of judgments that I had in my own mind. Um, and thing is, I couldn't deny <laughs> I couldn't deny that I was going through a spiritual awakening. So I had to be willing to be a bit open and honest about it and explore what spirituality meant. And I craved this spiritual connection more and more because I had a glimpse of what it felt like when I was in my spiritual channel. So let's finish off this episode by talking about three ways that we can tune in to our spiritual self because this is what I get asked from you guys so often. I get DMs on IG like every day asking me, how can I be more spiritual? How can I tap into my spiritual state? What does it mean? Everybody else is laughing at me. How do I tell my parents? How do I explore this in my relationship? My partner is not willing to be spiritual, whatever that means. But here's the thing, we're all spiritual and it's not on you to judge who is or isn't spiritual. <laughs> so one of the fastest ways that I get into my spiritual self in the morning is by saying out loud, I am spirit. It might, this might end up being my next tattoo, actually. <laughs> I am spirit. I am spirit. Because whatever you say after the words I am creates it. So when you're saying, I am spirit, then you're moving straight away into your spiritual nature. So try that out a few times and let me know what you think. And the second thing that I do every morning is to go into pure appreciation for my spirit. So I 
really have this conversation with my spirit in the morning. I'm like, thank you so much, spirit. I'm so grateful to you because here's the thing, everyone. I am grateful because my spirit gets me into the most profound places and gives me the, the most amazing opportunities that I never could have imagined I would have. So I want to really appreciate my spirit every day, every hour of every day, if I remember, for helping me live this extraordinary life that I'm living at the moment. So I appreciate my spirit so much. So I go into super deep appreciation every single morning. So I do want you to try that and make sure that this is a practice that you do every day and as much as you can throughout the day, as much as you remember to do throughout the day, it's really, really important. And the third thing that I do is I meditate with my spirit. I meditate with my spirit or I just go into meditation and have the intention at the beginning of the meditation to connect to my spirit. So it sounds a bit like this. I might say out loud at the beginning of my meditation, dear spirit, thanks for being present in my meditation today. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Cool. So here's what I summarize really about being spiritual you know, living a spiritual life as I do and being open to exploring my spiritual nature, it's not only needed, it's vital. It's vital for me to thrive in my life. But as with everything, it's up to you, isn't it? It's like, do you want to stay where you are right now or do you want to expand and thrive? And, you know, I speak to so many people in business and, you know, Remember, I work with business people, CEOs, leaders, women in business, women in tech, women in finance. I work with amazing business people who on the outside, you would not label as being spiritual whatsoever. However, would I say that they were consciousness hackers? Would I say that they were mindful practitioners? Would I say that they were um, willing to be in their flow state in their company and understand about conscious business? Yes, of course. So it doesn't always need to be called spirituality. You know, there are so many other words for what being spiritual is. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Be Electric. And as I've said throughout this episode, as a consciousness spiritual hacker, I do know firsthand how we can thrive. And we can thrive by living this spiritual existence and practicing it daily. It is the difference between a life half-lived and a life fully lived. That's the honest truth. So thanks so much for listening. And you can follow me at Jodie Shield, J-O-D-Y-S-H-I-E-L-D, everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And if this is your first time listening, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And let me know how I can improve the content that I'm creating and make it even better and even more inspiring for you to live your best life. And please share this episode with a friend, forward it to them on email via the link or tag them on social media. And I hope that this episode reaches everybody it's meant to reach to help inspire you to live your best life. Thank you so much, guys. And I will see you in the next episode.